All right, so we have a reason to, do, to have a cold open this episode. So uh, we, we um, our very sparse theme song, somebody took it and they did kind of a, a remix to it, uh, uh, of it. And, and it's adorable. And I was like, let's use that for the theme song. And then also then I'll give you guys clean audio of the lyrics to the theme song. And then so that and everybody that wants to, if you, if you want to make a new version of the theme song, let's always... We'll do a cold open, and then we'll play a new version of the theme song <laughs> based on who sent what in. So here's like this guy, Cal. Cal K-A-L. And uh, we'll figure out how to credit him. I don't know. If he wants more credit than that uh, somehow, we'll figure out a way to, to, to let you know who he is. But here's, here's the new version of the theme song. Waiting long Well, wasn't that delightful? Utterly delightful. I said, when I first heard it, I said, if there was a Whiting Wong's 8-bit game, that would be the theme song to it. On the off chance that anybody would find themselves uh, uh, dogged down too much by the uh, my original instrumentation, I could just do the lyrics clean right now for you. Whiting Wong's is easy when you have wins. That sounded racist. This song should end. One take. One take wonder. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still utterly delighted by that song. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we, we're, we're going to have a sense of purpose this time around. Yes. <clears throat> we keep promising. And now we're delivering by starting off with a topic. So, um, so much of this podcast is about the lack of diversity in Hollywood. And uh, and now we actually have some numbers to back that up. So um, our intrepid uh, producer, Yusong, um, has done some research and he got the uh, WGA West's, um, that's the Writers Guild of America West's uh, Hollywood Writers Report. Um, and so this is data between uh, 2012 and 2014. So this was the 2016 Hollywood Writers Report. Um, uh, women's uh, women writers TV employment it did increase, but by two percentage points. So it went from 27 percent to 29. So 29 percent, less than a third. Between 2012 and 2014. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious how much it went up, like on a larger range than that. Because like 2009, I, you know, that it, it, I mean, this because this shit is changing so much. That means that like if your data is from 2012 to 2014, the, the fact that it only went up 22 percent. I wonder if there was like a big surge in 2002. Oh, you mean of just employment in general? Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, 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 the, of the women's share. Of ju- well, I mean, it's only two. What, what do you mean? Be- I mean that there, that's our first. That's our first stat is that there was a two percent. Yeah, it went from twenty seven percent to twenty nine percent. Right. So, I mean, uh, I wonder if it was six percent in two thousand nine. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like the jump. Yeah. You mean? I see what you're saying. Um, well, I mean, regardless, it's um, terrible odds because women are fifty percent of the population, and yet they are twenty nine percent of the writing force. Which is actually, I have to admit, uh, more than I thought it was going to be. Like, if you me had too. me, if you had me guess, I would have guessed under twenty percent. Yeah, I guess I would have guessed maybe twenty two percent or something. But I also would have predicted. I would have said, I bet it leaped. Uh, from 11% in 2010 to sure. because I the conversation started then it's so like like I I would imagine that a pathetic number doubled or something right um let's see minority share of television employment remains flat accounting for 13% of television writers Re- minorities remain underrepresented by a factor of about 3 to 1 among writers in the sector so that's closer to that's very close to what i would have guessed yeah. like 13% of television to writers. be fair you are minorities <laughs> just um, just in the we, name yes but there are significantly bad branding. there's significantly more than 13% <laughs> in the nation well yeah if you add them all up if you add every minority up you probably uh, get a majority yeah. what do you do well if you have to follow the rules of how math works <laughs> which we won't do cuz that would be racist <laughs> 
Um, I guess it's slightly unracist that you didn't just take my word for it that all of the math exactly. checks out. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think God's very good at math. Uh, and this- remember, like one of the first times we we uh, uh, talked to each other, uh, you know, you were eating uh, <laughs> Cheetos with a pair of chopsticks because you don't like the orange stain in your fingers. And I yeah. told you that's racist. Stop doing that. <laughs> But that's genius. I've always been in your corner. <laughs> You've always been in my corner. You were looking out for me, trying to make me not less of a ratio stereotype. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to say out there, everybody, like, that is the best move. If you're going to eat Cheetos or Flaming Hot Cheetos, do it with chopsticks. Unless you're Asian. And the- <laughs> Especially if you're Asian. Because the goal is my comfort, not justice. You're, it makes you uncomfortable to watch me eat Cheetos with with no. chopsticks? Yeah. Why not, yeah. What? Why, why don't you dribble a basketball while you're at it? What? Well, I'm, I, you want minorities to be grouped in together. <laughs> Look, some for some things, there's just a practical reason. Um. All right. So, yeah, 29% of our WGA signatory writers' rooms are women is what we're learning here right yeah um and um um, and then the the 13 percent of of minorities uh in i i think this means uh in terms of race they're not counting women as a minority um is in television is 13 percent in film it's uh the minority share of film employment employment increased a percentage point to seven percent since 2012 um, which is really sad because not only is 7% incredibly low, but it was an increase to 7%. So here comes my not, these aren't but what about isms. Um, th- this is an invitation to let's continue this journey. So that was our, we just left the Shire where we're not to Mordor yet, though. Like, so we got those numbers, those are WGA numbers. I wonder what percentage of television is non union. What, what percentage of, uh, of writers' rooms? Well, I mean, but... I know we're not going to find out yeah. that there's a million women well, working no. in nine. That's not what right. I'm saying. Well, no, what I mean is, like, I mean, we we the, the ones that are signatory are the only ones we care about, because any show that's on a, a primetime network or a cable network is going to be signatory, unless it's the few animated shows that are animation guild, you know? Yeah, I'm just hung up on... I mean, this is part, maybe this is part of what's exhausting about talking to white people. I'm just... <laughs> I, I, and I don't think white people are more logical. I think it's cause, because we don't have a horse in the race. All we have is logic. So we just kind of... And our anxiety propels us and so then we're just like kvetching about logic if we're going to talk numbers i just want to make sure the numbers not only are accurate but also that that we get more and more and more because that like th- these numbers are an invitation to for instance like look at the difference between film and, and television and then i want to know like okay so let's follow these numbers back to bottlenecks um uh, how many uh, of the uh, five biggest talent agencies that represent writers in in, in our industry? Um, let's look at now. Let's get the data about their clientele. How many sure, yeah. women writers are technically avail uh, uh, when, when when you're staffing? Um, and 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 these this is it's not. I know you're used to guys like me when when we start asking questions like this that it's code for let's pretend there's no problem clearly obviously there's a problem problem. i don't see that in in Uh, this instance because if you i think it's a good exercise to trace every step of the way because in every step of the way you'll see why like and how minorities um have a harder go of it at each step of the way you know and i think that that's a really good thing for people to know about because okay let's let's start with like just the barring the hiring process hiring process we've already established most showrunners look like you you're very proud of this mm-hmm. um and then on top of that the executives that are in charge of the show are probably gonna look like you but more spray spray tanned and in a suit um and then their bosses on top of them are definitely like older white men um so every so every step of the executive track you're gonna have more like straight white guys um saying yes and having the power to write the check and green light things now uh, coming from the other side of the hiring table um yes at the agencies i'm sure you're going to see a huge discrepancy in 
straight white men being represented as writers um, versus women versus minorities. And um, and so that makes a huge difference in who gets submitted to, to jobs. You sure. know? Yeah. So you, you want to know my my working theory and I, because we're not scientists, so I may as well be um, uh forthcoming about the bias that i have in terms of like what conclusion we would reach should we look into this scientifically i i I believe that we're going to find out that the uh, most important mm, bottleneck is at the agency level that um that that because i think that when you're staffing and when you're um also if you're a network that's looking to hear new voices i think there's there's very little incentive for those places to be um, closed off. Like, I, there's no incentive for me to um, uh, demand that black writers not be submitted for Rick and Morty. There's no incentive for Netflix to say, uh, make sure no black people make it in the front door here today. There's nothing but incentive for diversity when you get that far along the pipeline, unless you got, you know, unless you're just dealing with guys like me. Like, like whatever our comfort level is or whatever, it's just like, that's where it comes down to. So, so my, I I keep feeling like I was at Cornell this weekend and a lot of the kids are like, you know, the word showrunner is part of their parlance now, which I think is a good thing, even though it's a little it's a little sad because they're also like, Oh, how do I become a showrunner? And I jokingly said like, well, start looking around your neighborhood for shows to run. And I, <laughs> it, it, but, but I also think that's, that actually is the important thing. Cause what, imagine if you could calculate like positive impact in terms of like trying to break this cycle that we have. Imagine, imagine how much of a blip Shonda Rhimes is on that radar. Imagine the importance of having, like, as opposed to someone who, an African-American female in your writer's room representing on Rick and Morty. The f- black female. What the fuck? What? You know, first of all, that poor person. Like, what are they? What are you supposed to represent? All this stuff. But the the real key is there's more shows. There's more. There's more space for television. Showrunners are. We need diversity among the clan called showrunners. Yes. Unfortunate. Yeah. Wording. Because like you brought you brought it brought up a few episodes ago about how like you know. Like, take a show like The Goldbergs. It's about right. this guy's life, so and he's let- Jewish. And so, of course, like, you know, why wouldn't he want to hire P- writers who are Jewish or at least, like, ha- have, like, a very intimate, like, knowledge of, like, what it's like, you know? But, and, and that's why... I, I feel like these diversity initiatives of forcing in like a lower level writer onto every staff doesn't work because at the, the, at the end of the day, it's like you said, like, sure, no, no executive is incentivized to say like no black writers on any of these staffs, but they, the, these shows aren't telling stories that are going to necessarily uh, be the ones that would um, get agents to submit black writers, you know, because if you look at the shows that are like, the the Goldbergs or Big Bang Theory or the Middle, like it's all all white shows about white people, white families. You know, uh, of course they're gonna tr- hire more white writers because sure. that's what the show is about. So really, like what we need is for people at the top who are greenlighting things to to be okay with greenlighting things from people who aren't white. Which which should intersect, in theory, with free market capitalism because these vendors of entertainment are living in a world where the audience is increasingly diverse. Yeah. So they should be excited and, you, see, you know, in subscriber-based uh, models you see more of an incentive for people to go, okay, look, this is a really specific point of view. This is going to be a, a show by... And then... And sure enough, you know, fancy white people get invested in that. We we love the wire. We love we. <laughs> that's a bad example. I don't, <laughs> David Simon's not. The, the, but 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 I mean, saying like white people love fucking watching, learning about like points of views that aren't theirs. You know what I mean? Like we're because we're that because we're like, oh, shit, more authenticity in my life. I love it. You would think that that were true. But here's the thing. Like, I think it's two issues. One is that whenever there is something that is of color that succeeds, it's never the, the consensus is never like, oh, that worked. We should do more of that. It's always, well, that was the exception. 
And it, you see the same thing whenever there's like a female-driven comedy at the box office that does huge. They're like, well, that's the exception. There's always a million well, excuses. Okay, but TV is that. garbage and movies are garbage. Now, if, we, if, if, if we're going to achieve genuine representation and diversity, that means we're going to have a lot of people that look really different, a majority of whom are all going to be collectively making a big pile of shit we call pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like, we cannot just say, oh, f- that, that, that's, that's part of the reason why I want to move this machine forward as quickly as possible because I want to hack transgender person that writes a hack transgender show to be called a fucking hack. I Yo, do not I, I want them to that, get an Emmy then for we it. would have true equality, yeah, you know? I, 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 exactly. So, so like, I, I just, like, p- pushing back on what you said because it's like, 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 well, yes, of course everybody that gets a show is going to be the target of jealousy and uh, everyone going, like, you don't deserve your show. Uh, welcome to fucking having a show. I mean... But, I mean, if you look at how... You look at every season and the new pilots and stuff like that, uh, the same, like, white dudes who have shows that get canceled mid-first season are constantly still getting deals, still getting oh, more yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're, Because like, they're trusted showrunners. Because yeah, and that's... they make shit. They crank out shit, but you would never get that with a minority or, or to a lesser degree with a woman. Like, I perfect example is the 20 year gap between all american girl and fresh off the boat 20 years like <laughs> that's nuts i mean all i remember when all they announced all american girl i was so excited like you have no idea how much it meant to me that all american girl was gonna come out and for people who don't know um all american, all american girl was uh margaret cho's sitcom on abc and it was the first uh primetime network sitcom uh, starring an Asian American family. And it was huge. It was such a big deal to me. And I watched every single episode and it was, it was not a good show. It was super, it was just, I mean, it was like a hacky com- sitcom, you know? Um, but because that bombed so badly, it's been 20, right. it took 20 years before they would green light another. Okay. And, and there's no way that there has in those 20 years, there weren't any talented Asian American writers uh-huh. trying to sell okay. Asian American shows. Yeah. So this, okay. That's really, really, really interesting uh, that, that, because that comes around to the very first thing we were talking about, which is just white people as default, white people as vanilla. Yeah. That's always the safe choice. You're never yeah. going to get fired for, that's the other thing too. I really, I honestly believe that most of these decisions are based are made based on fear and based on how do I as a network executive not get fired? So you accept that they're not based on racism, right? They're ba- <laughs> I, I, I'm serious, like they're not based on xenophobia. Even it's based on because I you just reminded me that the thing the story you just described, Margaret Cho might as well be a movie called Heavy Metal, which was an animated feature for nerds yeah, that was rated R. Yeah, and it and it fucking sucked, <laughs> but it was also awesome because I am the you also of, got to see cartoon titties, yeah, which because, is all well, because, you cared about. Because you could call a, you know, that's a race is 15-year-old boys wanting to see a rated <laughs> R movie about guys with chainsaws for arms and the blood is fucking spurting everywhere and there's titties all over the place. And so it's a rated R adult feature cartoon. So cut to, if you're pitching in the 90s, um, uh, uh, well, we, want, we were thinking this could be rated R and it would be animated. You just get this flat out, you just hit this wall and it's based on fear it's based on fear of losing money and so that ties into this you know max landis's uh, uh explanation <laughs> and, and, and of there is our, the our every episode <laughs> mention of max landis it's, we're talking yeah commerce <laughs> is fucking stupid and it particularly doesn't mix with race because commerce like it yeah it's Dollars are scared of anything that wasn't touched by a dollar before it. Dollars are like ants. They follow pheromone trails of other dollars. And then there's like speculative entrepreneurial dollars. And then you have people like um, who are entrepreneurs. And in this metaphor, like I guess you go to these like trusted showrunners. So the industry says they don't see the race of this trusted showrunner they just say bill lawrence knows what he's doing i don't i'm not gonna get a three in the morning phone call that says bill lawrence is on the golden gate bridge he's got a can opener in one hand a chicken in the other and he says tv has driven me insane and i and we're 27 million dollars in the hole on season three of fucking noodles noodles and company uh (laughs) (laughs) copyright dan Harmon. Bill Lawrence, you cannot use that. Um, the, the, but the, the, it's 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 about it's about it's the 
the same reason why if you're uh, if you create a show um, and you're 30 years old and you've been writing your whole life, um, if you're a genius and you make an amazing pilot on paper, when they pick it up and take it to series, you're going to be co-EP on your own show, and they're going to bring in an EP, and 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 they're going to that that person's going to be running it, and it's going to it's just like extra insulting because the reason that person's being brought in is because they're old and tired, <laughs> and 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 their oldness and their tiredness guarantees the network and the studio the people that are putting money into this thing that again there won't be any 3 a.m. phone calls um and it's a it's a fear-based thing and i do think all that shit is is fading though because i don't sense i don't know i'm curious uh i was talking to someone else about this and i'm curious if uh oh it was uh professor uh bun at uh cornell he he you know it's amazing what 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 people that are even studying television like they feel shut out of the whole industry like there's so many questions about the shit i don't know why it's not a more open book does was lena dunham the showrunner on girls i don't even know the answer she was a co she's co-showrunner with uh jenny connor yeah Yeah. my friend jenny connor thank you um who was i assume (laughs) she was such good friends you didn't know she was the co-showrunner on girls i know in that conversation i was i forgot her name no but the the it, it it um it, 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 so th- that 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 like imagine combining that with uh, uh, then you're you're Asian and like so, so so it's like you're absolutely right. Margaret Cho did a show, <laughs> and oh, everyone boy. was there. Tutti Fruity, <laughs> Lady Beauty, and everyone went out for air. Um, Margaret Cho made, made was, 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 yeah had this show, and it's like it became the Asian show. Uh, like, like, yeah, and it, it was the litmus test to see if Asian, Asian shows could work, which is a very racist way to look at it. And it's the same thing if it's a female because skewed show. Anytime, anytime a show, every season, a bunch of shows bomb that all star white men. You never see the network go. Well, I guess I America guess... isn't ready for white men on TV. <laughs> that's never a, the pressure that's put on white men TV. You know, and that's that's the racism I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like yeah it's based in fear but this i think this is why it's so important to talk about racism as a spectrum it's like the those executives who are greenlighting shows by white showrunners who are more experienced aren't sitting at home being like how can i fuck over black people and asian exactly. people and latino people but there but there is this kind but the entire system is set up in a way that it's easy and the path of least resistance for white people to continue to be in power and continue giving other white people more opportunity and shutting out minorities and women and sure it's not like they're you know you know they're bedtime wish when they're praying to the white god but it, it, yeah. it is something that everyone is complicit in and no one is willing to, st- uh, to stick their neck out and try to make a difference because everybody's trying to protect their own jobs yeah exactly when, when you do the default behavior as an American citizen that just wants to retire in peace without ever ha- having caused any trouble and just wants to have done right by your golden retriever and your uh, your American dream if you are white and you have stuck to to the course of action that guarantees your preservation, you uh, have been complicit in a system of oppression, and that is the thing that we do not like to hear. Because if that's true, that means as shitty as my life is already going, as hard as it's going to be, if I'm an aspiring writer, for instance, to like get my script read, are you telling me that it's time in this Monopoly game to go to jail? I didn't even get to pass go. I was, yeah. So that, but the, b- both of those, all of that is true. It's like, it's like the default set of behaviors. If you're white in the industry are, it's like, it, it's you're if you're not, part of the solution you're part of the problem that that is sort of why other than just wanting people to like me that i'm doing this podcast is because like if you don't think about it then you're your hands aren't clean and you can't pretend that your well, hands are clean. that's why like he like people will reject the idea that they're guilty of something but it's easier to recognize that like when you're not thinking about it bad things are happening so you you could be a hero right now you're like han solo if you're a white showrunner if you're a white aspiring showrunner you're han solo you have no love for the empire but you don't want to get involved in this rebellion like you're just 
in it for yourself, but just think about, you know, just that, that like, like that's all you have to do. I swear to God, actually, like I, I, I truly think this is like half of the battle is if every single one of those Han Solos says, oh, yeah, but the Empire sucks. And the empire in this case is just the status quo. It's just the way things already were when you when you when you woke up this morning. It, w- it was already based on a thing that was based on a thing that was based on a thing that was. It was. It's just exclusionary, and um, it, ha- it, it, it it tends to block new perspective. It, it tends to block new voices. It tends to. It, it, it's hard if you're not in. Hollywood to get into it. It's easy if you're in it to stay in it. That is a system that tends to make bad television, and it's a system that tends to make uh, white television (laughs) because they were white yesterday. So, so, so you don't have to give up your pants. You don't have to pull your Volvo over and get out and say, even though no one will read my screenplay, even though I feel like the underdog, I'm part of a race called talented writer that can't get anybody to give them a fucking break. Um, uh, you don't. I'm gonna give half of what's coming to me to some Asian stranger who may or may not be talented. That's that's. I know that's what your fear is. What I'm saying as the guy that you hope to become, uh, the big fat white blowhard who gets to just make podcasts happen by wanting people to like him. I'm saying to you, it's actually a lot. Your job isn't that hard. I think it's just, it's just awareness it's just thinking about it for a second longer if and when your opportunity does come along um and you're in a position where you're hiring somebody or when you're creating characters etc every every little step in your little uh, course of action just taking that responsibility it's like paying a tax an inheritance tax on a a legacy saying like oh maybe i should run i just gotta remember take my vitamin for diversity like like, uh, like run through this script and make sure that I don't want every single character to be white uh, a read uh, a listener wrote in and sent me this video um, called why are they so angry and it was about um, the trolling of Anita Sarkeesian during Gamergate um, but you know I mean, it's a very very long winded video series but they do address like they kind of I feel like they get to one of the roots of why guys like that get so bitter and angry about stuff and it's it's really it, what it comes down to do uh, what it comes down to is that people everybody wants to think of themselves as a good person and anytime somebody points out something that if they pulled on that logic thread would paint them as complicit in being a bad person they freak the fuck out and become incredibly defensive because they because there's a self-preservation part of their brain that is trying to protect their identity their self-identity as a good person and i think that how that translates into this scenario of like the bitter young white male screenwriter who's trying to break into hollywood is that there's a part of his brain that cannot accept maybe you suck and maybe because if it is true, if it really is true that the system is built in your favor as a young white male writer and you still can't make it, that means you suck, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the part that they can't accept in their brain. Right. But <clears throat> that, you know, it also, though, I think it's important for people to team up and say the system is not a meritocracy. It doesn't it before that, that, that poor untalented white kid who by the way like doesn't even have to be that talented to get ahead in the business i'm familiar with (laughs) um i'm rolling my eyes at everyone i've worked for and with like 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 like, give me a break um it, it before we before we start pulling that thread it's like important to 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 say like yeah it's not the whole point is that the system isn't it's not a talent contest it doesn't pay out fairly yeah it doesn't there's no blue ribbon panel uh, that like ob- uh, objectively reviews every single human being that ever comes near the thing it's like the whole thing is like not only rigged it's random where it's not rigged it's like fucked up like it's, uh, y- everybody that has aspirations creatively is familiar with that that feeling 
of like this world is not fair to me like it, it that that less talented person across the room from me like it, it, it used different means whatever your version of that is like you you've experienced being jealous of somebody who's had more success than you and that rising feeling of like they're cheating they're that like like they, people just like their stuff more because of this and that and it's like I want you to hang on to that feeling. I think that's a writerly feeling. I think that I think that we are bad people. I think that we're monsters. I don't know that we should be senators and uh, social workers. I, I think that your anger and your spite and your pettiness and your competitiveness, I don't think that you have to jettison any of that in order to fight for the rebellion instead of the empire. Also, feeling like things are unfair because you're not getting a fair shot because of the color of your skin and your gender is basically how minorities and women feel literally 100% of the time. So, you know, if this is the only instance in your life where you feel that sort of anger and that sense of unfairness and helplessness in the face of a of a system that is built against you, like... Um, Okay, like, I'm not going to feel bad for you. Like, that's how we all feel all the time. That's how, like, our actual real lives are every single day. And you are upset because for the first time in your life, you felt one iota of what it's like to be a minority or a woman. I want to make sure because it's like there the... The guys that you're talking to, if they're if they're at all like me or even like me 20 years ago, like they're not the ones the guys in the polo shirts with the tiki torches. They're not writers. They're thugs. Oh, that's and not what I'm talking no, about. No, no, I'm just yeah. saying like those are the guys that actually like would say something like, what about me? Like, like you should feel sorry for me. I'm so shut out. Like. Uh, I don't think that's true. Like, I think a lot of a lot of guys, including people who have written in, are guys who consider themselves like liberal and progressive and all around a quote unquote good guy. And I'm predicting, not having read those emails, that that those guys, they're not they're not they're saying they're, it's logic and it's slippery slope fallacies and it's like what what about this and 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 this stuff and it's it but it's rooted in their feeling like an underdog it's yeah. it's basically like um there's there's no such thing as an average person and there's no such thing as a, especially among writers like every single writer out there has some reason to feel like they're misunderstood and unrepresented and the odds are stacked against them and what you're saying is dude this is like there's a, there's a version of you that if you're if your cheekbones were placed differently if your last name was different if your complexion was slightly different um if your birth certificate was stamped in a different place like then you would truly know unfairness and i i yeah the 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 other person that you're talking to when you say that is is going like well, I well, that's the first time I'm hearing about that, but I don't have anything to do with that. I but I'm just you know, and they're they're like flustered, and because if you have one leg, if you are morbidly obese, if you're in a wheelchair, if you have Aspergers, if you are seven feet tall instead of five foot nine, if you are, uh, uh, if I mean, I, 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 if you're a conservative, I can't imagine being fucking conservative and talented at all, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I had, I, I, I said that glibly, like I've had a, a friend here and there with, you know, that's like, you know how hard it is to be conservative and be like a genius animator and like okay you're smart but but that's also like fucking cry me a river cry me <laughs> the world's longest river anyways i'm just saying like uh, uh if if we could recognize the way so say han solo was like griping about being a smuggler in a cantina in in star wars it'd be and the guy with a walrus head would just say like you know what walrus people can't even breathe the kind of oxygen that they we're, we're shut out from the space stations and like we're shot on sight if we go past this embargo or whatever and like Han Solo might after a while go like, oh, so this is a rebellion that has to do with that feeling I always have, which is like, as a fucking shitty 
but it's fun not, loving white person. But it's not that feeling I've always had. Like this, these guys at age twenty five. This is the first time in their life they're coming up against something that they think is unfair. You know, in the grand scheme of like, they are how, coming up against something unfair. Yeah, the entertainment industry, which sure, is unfair but that's not to what everyone. But that's not what they're angry at. Like uh, I'm yeah, talking. But what well, no, they're an- they get angry. I'm speak. I. When I was 25, as I, I'm sure I told this anecdote on the podcast, like when I was 25, before I had gainful employment, I got angry. I was mad because I saw a diversity report card thing in the WGA magazine. I threw it across the room because I was like, why is my union like spending money on the diversity report card when I can't even get dental care and I get a job? They should be. It was all about like, it's the thing like, it's about fucking money. It's about feeling shut out, right? But and my, then you get my mad. point is up until that up until that point in your life, you hadn't felt that way before. And what I'm saying is because I saw the word a, diversity. Well, what, what I'm saying me, yeah. is as a any per any person of color, that's how they felt every day of their life. Yeah, that's, that's how they enter the world. That's of no that that is of no comfort, consequence, or 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 automatic change to somebody who relative to well, I'm not trying to bring comfort to the to the entitled guy who's getting pissed off at 25 because he does for the first time he doesn't get what he wants like i'm saying cry me a fucking river like yeah, world's well, smallest violin because like it, you're if that is the first time in your life that you felt the world was unfair to some to you and didn't give you what you want then you're a fucking lucky lucky little shithead you know like do you it's so much harder for like i mean but for everyone who isn't that guy there's that lucky shithead like neck and neck with you in his perception with it for for a job in this industry that doesn't let anybody in unless they get gary shandling sandwiches during a pickup basketball but that guy is gonna have way more highly uh high higher probability of getting in like for example like steven spielberg took colin trevorrow under his wing and he said when i looked at him uh, he reminded me of my younger self do you think that steven spielberg would look at like somebody who wasn't a young white guy and think of himself like i think there's a way less likely chance like you got to talk about like in terms of like people who have made it wanting to mentor people who remind them of their younger selves and who's going to remind them of their younger selves like a young black woman uh like a pakistani muslim guy like no it's going to be another guy who looks like him you know it's like this this young angry white guy has so many more things going for him. He's much more likely to have gone to a school and been in some sort of fraternity or made friends with people who are also white like him and have probably had some, somewhere along, along the line somebody knew somebody else. You know what I mean? And also, he grew up watching people who look like him on TV. So since he was born watching TV, he saw people who look like him and was like, that's possible. People on TV look like me, so it's possible for me to be on TV versus like a little Asian girl in like 1989 watching TV and never seeing for sure never seeing a little Asian girl never seeing Asian women on prime time unless they were a fucking prostitute and and like that's uh, you, you th- that little Asian girl is never going to think that she was going to ever be on TV or ever going to be able to make TV and you got to talk about the the cultural backgrounds that people come from because all these other cultures especially children of immigrants their parents aren't going to be supportive of them going into the arts because they didn't uproot their entire lives and come to an, a country and start over just to have their children be like you know act like a white trust funder who's just going to like explore a creative field that they don't understand like my parents grew up in a time and a place where there was no sitcom like my parent my mom doesn't understand what a sitcom is like that that's how crazy we're talking. She ha- she comes from a place. She uses sticks for forks. <laughs> she uses sticks for forks. This bitch. She. <laughs> she I mean, she. Well, you know when, when she thinks fish like, are all, like, peanut no, butter and jelly. First of all, nobody had TV growing up, and then like when they do have TV, it's either uh, these like long running like melodramas, like telenovela style melodramas, or it's state run um, variety shows. But they didn't have sitcoms. Like it's impossible even explaining to her what that is. So you don't have the support. You you grow up never thinking that that's even a possibility versus in like, you know, I hear about all these like comedians who like make it to SNL and they talk about how proud their parents are going to be and how that's such a big deal for their parents because their parents grew up watching SNL. And that's why it's, it means so much for them, for their parents to see them on this SNL. 
I would never have that. My parents don't know what SNL is. Well, that's, you know? I mean, it's super. That, that, I don't want to say super specific to you, I, I, because that sounds like I'm saying that you're I, I, like, like f- if we're if we're if we're talking about uh, vanilla default people having support systems and stuff. I mean, it, uh, then I would say, look, there's I. I would imagine a lot of black American families are probably pretty stoked if their daughter ends up on SNL. However, then you have conversations about what neighborhoods do you grow up in where people are encouraged. If a, if a, if a young black girl is up in her attic, like doing a, a, a show that she produced by herself with her stuffed animals, you know, it, 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 you go, you get into this whole class system and, and stuff of like, how, right. how likely is she to be told you should be on SNL one day? You should be on SNL one day versus if a, if a, if a white kid is doing that a white boy i don't know like 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 i'm totally willing to believe yeah i mean you're, you're the one who you brought up in a previous episode like Whoopi goldberg yeah. like talking about the first time she saw her on tv and she was ecstatic that if i if i if everyone on tv looked completely different from me yes i was like like yeah. that that was always the norman lear thing was like let's break this cycle at the place where we're not inclined to do it as scientists because we believe as tv writers sometimes that we're artists or something that we're supposed to express ourselves so sincerely. So then you have like David Milch saying like, well, yeah, but so I'm just going to do stories about white people. Thank you very much. Like, I'm not going to waste your time, your David Milch money. Like, like he's just like, I, I know what I know. Norman Lear was of a different philosophy. It was like, I am a white dude who did not Jewish dude. If you, like, it's like, this is a black family. This, this black family is on a sitcom and all this stuff. Like, that was, I think. I think there was a huge. I I, 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 I don't have no scientific data to to back this up, but I think that that was a really, really smart, proactive move. If what we're trying to do is break some kind of syndrome where uh, minorities, uh, now that we've we've licensed that word on this show, are watching television, not seeing their own faces. And then going to school and the teacher says, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they're like, they're like more rewarded for saying astronaut than they are TV writer. Like, like, like that's like a, that's like a thing that I would hope would stop. But then it's like, also, are you, are you going to tell any of your friends that are like thinking about moving to LA? Like, oh yeah. If, and if it doesn't work out, I'll put you up until as long as it doesn't. Cause that, that is a 20 year I've always said, like, be, choosing to be a writer is, like, in terms of the tax on your support system or your own uh, patients is, like, it's beyond being a doctor. I think you need to separate right now that... I think you need to separate right now. <laughs> I think you need to separate that no one is saying that it's easy to be a TV writer, because I feel like you're bristling against that a little bit. And uh, no one is saying that. Like, I'm certainly not saying Well, couldn't we both agree that we're both bristling? I mean... D- yes, I, we're definitely okay. both bristling, but what I'm saying is... Don't bristle like, down at me. <laughs> you're, because I think, I feel like you, you're, you're reiterating that it's just hard in general, and that's true. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you that it's hard in general to be a TV writer, but what I'm saying is there are all these other unseen factors that make it harder I totally agree with that. For, P- for minorities, you know? I'm not, I'm not questioning a, a single thing that you've said, actually. No, not at all. It, 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 I, I only... My, my bristling um, was... It was like... I was trying to dig a little tunnel and go like... Oh my God! You know what? We're 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 all the fucking same. But actually, now that I look at that, that's insulting. <laughs> you know, like I didn't mean it that way because that's that's like such a kissing cousin of like, oh no, there's nothing going on here. No, no, tremendous. Yeah, like that. I'm saying like there. <laughs> oh boy. There's this big wall. Oh boy. Uh, outside Hollywood, <laughs> you can see it from outer space. It's so big. Maybe you've heard of it. It's the. <laughs> All right, it's it's uh, but uh, no, it's like it's the metaphor that works. There's this big giant fucking wall that like I'm from Wisconsin. I didn't go to Yale. I didn't go to Harvard. My my I, I didn't my my parents didn't make above a certain income level. I I uh, the, a lot of the shit that you were describing, even though it was like very specifically because of your circumstances, and I'm not I'm not. I'm not making us equivalent in terms of the amount of difficulty. Believe me, your Margaret Cho versus Fresh Off the Boat example is like 
I think it's all the fucking data you need. And I think anyone would be an idiot to sit here and argue with you like, like about like, oh, no, it's all about it's just totally scientific and objective. Of course, of course, that was an Asian sitcom and then Asian sitcom flopped. And if that Asian sitcom hadn't flopped, there'd be two Asian sitcoms the next fucking fiscal quarter. But even then, they'd all be held to a higher standard than fucking like doofus, like whatever. It, it's uh, it, I totally do not mistake me for for trying to dismiss that there is an extra uh that that that, that this, this wall exists for everybody cuz the tv industry is like you can't get in because we love our money on the other side of here are you from outside of here then don't come in here like until you show us that you have something to offer us and what you have to offer us has to be money and it makes no sense cuz you're like let me in i can make you money if i get in there and they're like nope 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 well, this is money town sorry you can't come in unless you can make us money so yes you're saying Plus, if we, if you and I, as siblings of a revolution, climb hand over hand up that wall, once we get to the top, or let's be really objective and say 25% of the way up, like Asian detecting spears start like shooting out of holes okay. that don't get activated by my white body. Sure. And, and then you're going like, fuck, this is fucked. And I'm look, I, if I was climbing that wall at the same time as you and looked down and saw that happening to you, I, because I am Han Solo, because I am a good person, I'd be like, fuck you, fuck this wall, fuck getting up it. I'm going back down and I'm going to like, we're, we're all getting over this thing or not, but you and I were born 10 years apart. Uh, you uh, like, like we, we aren't climbing the wall at the same time. Mm-hmm. So then there's all these variables that enter. So now let's, let's continue the metaphor. I climbed up that wall. I didn't know there were spear holes. I got to the top and I'm like, I went through this whole fucking, uh, uh, John snow drama. I got Stabbed in the back by my own people. A red witch brought me back. I'm ref- I guess that's a metaphor for I don't know season five. I, I'm like the, the 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 captain of the watch now, and I'm like, and I'm looking down and I'm hearing like plaintive cries from everybody. They all look the same to me down there too. By the way, there's like <laughs> I guess I from I'll, the top of the wall you don't see color. Yeah, exactly. I just see a bunch of brunettes. I, 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 but I, yeah, I, I'm probably I'm, I'm I'm running that metaphor right. But it's like, so I want to stop and and get, because the larger point is like, when I was saying, um, yeah, no, you're talking about the system. The system is fucked. It wasn't me saying, oh, your inequality thing, that's bullshit. It's all bullshit. I was saying like, yes, like the, the problem here is that, is that money fucks with people brings out the worst of them makes them default to fearing anything different so if you are different then the the more different you are than the shit that you're trying to get in uh into the 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 harder it is and that's not a smart system it's and it's not a fair system obviously but it, but more importantly it's not a smart system yeah well to if we continue with this um fantastic great wall metaphor which i think we should co-write a screenplay about <laughs> and call call it the great wall yeah. colon the good one <laughs> Um, like, you know, it, it, talking about, like, if you, if you uh, the white male protagonist, the hero of the story, Thank like, um, are climbing up, you know, halfway through the wall, and then you look down and you see your gorgeous Asian counterpart. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you know, getting shot down by Asian detecting spears. Right. Um, I wrote it. First thought, best thought. As I mean, there's two things you can do as a as a good dude, as a true hero. You can either climb back down a little bit and then hoist the other person up and say, like, you know what, we're gonna climb this together, and I will. Ooh, I shouldn't hit the mic there. Um, I will. 
uh, I will use some of my white repellent to repel these spears. <laughs> and maybe, maybe one of those Asian tip spears will graze me trying to get to you. And that's fine. I'm willing to take those cuts if we can climb up together. That's one way you can do it. Or the other way is you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm a really close to the top. When I get to the top, I'm going to throw down a rope ladder for you and then you can climb up too. Yes. Those are the two things you need to do. But what you don't want to do is climb up to the top and then suddenly be like, it feels great at the top. And I did it by myself. You guys, if you guys had just climbed as well as I did, you sh- you would be up here too. So don't come crying to me because you couldn't climb as well as yeah, I could. And I think that's delusion and dishonesty. I think that 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 at least maybe we can agree. And yeah. go, like there are there are people walking that catwalk up there that are going like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like it's hard to get up a wall. Big deal. Yeah. And uh, acknowledging that there are Asian detecting spears doesn't mean you didn't climb up the wall. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean someone saying go back down the wall because you didn't really climb up it. You did climb up the wall and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it doesn't negate you climbing up the wall and being at the top by acknowledging that there are Asian detecting spears. But what it does do. And by the way, obviously, we, we definitely know what the title of this episode is. But uh, but 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 like it, what it do, what it does mean, which is a little difficult. This is where we get into uh, uh this is this is where it gets fucking real i think what it in that i even implied while i was riffing that metaphor that i would like climb down and like yeah, we all know you wouldn't. Well, it's like let's let's get let's get fucking real. Yeah, very like, few people would. Well, because in that metaphor, like, well, it really depends. Like, like if 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 you and I were best friends, then the metaphor breaks down where it's like, well, you and I are climbing up together. Like, we're a writing team or mm-hmm. something. Like, we'd be you'd be propelled by my whiteness ostensibly, like up the wall. Yeah. Like, you'd be climbing up the white lane where there's no agent detecting spirit. <laughs> the the it, it, but when we really get down to it. it's like like I, I like I've become a big fan of admitting that I'm a fucking coward and a lazy person and like I that I, that is a lot to ask of somebody who is like in the midst of a trauma that they're, they're, they're like they're like climbing up this wall and, I, yeah, and yeah we're and, all trying to climb and, up that, the and wall. that's where you're saying like boo hoo cry me a river and all that stuff it's like well that's what that person expects to hear from the person that's getting stabbed by Asian detecting spirits they're like yeah well that f- makes me feel fucking bad so all the more important to not listen to that person because I ain't gonna get up if I it's it's like like all of our movies and TV shows that we write we all we all worship bravery and self-sacrifice and like nine times out of 10, when someone decides to, um, uh, uh, forego their own sense of comfort and safety and do the right thing for someone else. Um, they end up rewarded because we have this sense that that's what should be. And well, because otherwise no one would do it. People need to be incentivized <laughs> to be good. And then we're terrified of of what we consider to be reality, which has been creeping in on us since the election. Like we're living in this tragic universe where we're like, oh my god, no, nice guys finish last. If I if I don't just pat my pockets as I walk past this homeless person, if I stop and give them the time of day, I'm going to be late for work. I'm going to get fired, and I'm going to end up sitting next to this homeless person. And this homeless person is going to take a shit on me, and and they're going to end up in my job. Like I I gotta I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep moving. I gotta keep my head forward. You know, you see these like terrifying these movies like like Saving Private Ryan's like opening, or it's just like imagine like the gate opens and this fucking bullets flying. And we're overstating the case here. We're talking about not getting a job as a TV writer, not. Getting <laughs> <laughs> bullets by Nazis, yeah. but but in but but everybody perceives themselves in this like life or death struggle, and so it's funny what logic will do to your brain, like what you'll end up saying, and 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 look at this conversation where like I genuinely I was at, I have because I'm I'm like. I'm like the exception because I'm at the top of the wall. So like I'm mm-hmm. able to have this conversation and not be defensive. And even you, per- you perceived me as bristling and I perceived you as bristling. Well, because be- I'm, I'm like the Hulk. I'm always angry. Well, that, that was awesome. That run, by the way, the, 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 um, the, 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 I, I, but like even me with like nothing to gain, like we're, there's already a bristle factor there. Even if I'm genuinely just going like, like, oh, 
yeah, we're kind of all in the same boat. Then it's like it's like no, sat not in the same fucking boat at all. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. I don't mean it like that. The um and so I don't know what is it. What so the you really conclusion missed, is always, you missed an opportunity to say slow boat to China. I know I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I would like. Why do you think I stammer? Uh, every, every, every single one of my stammers is like a racist comment that I. That's a racist. Hi- that's like a built-in hiccup. It's like a filter in your brain to stop you from saying whatever racist thing you're gonna say. I feel like we. What, but 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 if you summarized this conversation, it would be well. Okay, we hit on the same theme once again, which is that um, uh, awareness on the privilege side even though you don't want to think about yourself as privileged and do not think of yourself that way, even though it's genuinely offensive to you, the idea of applying the word privilege to yourself. Because honestly, if you're a good person, it should be offensive. It should make you like bummed out to like call yourself privileged. Like that's ridiculous. Like we've been trained, like don't the heroes aren't privileged. Um, yeah. And also what do you lose? What do you lose by acknowledging that you have privilege? Like you lose nothing. You still well, get you, to be privileged. Well, no, no, I, no, I mean, I, we could extend this podcast yeah. an hour. Cause I, I, I like I, I, I will answer that. What you lose is every, the only thing you had, especially when you aren't making any money you lose your integrity if 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 you're as unemployed as the as the chinese woman next to you and you're both up for the same job and then on top of it you you're you have to admit that you're privileged you just lost twice but how is that losing your integrity because you didn't it's not like you did anything unseemly no i'm saying i'm just saying if you if you are in in a hypothetical scenario where you're like in a neck and neck race for the same job and 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 the other person happens to be of an, a non-privileged category. Mm-hmm. I, I was answering the the question like, what do you have to lose by admitting that you're privileged? Well, if you're not employed, you lose everything. You lose your soul because you don't get the job anyway. So then you're supposed to admit your privilege. You can admit your privilege when you're a big fat blowhard that's getting a million dollars a season for Rick and Morty. You can have a podcast. Yay, I'm privileged. Hey everybody, I'm privileged. Yay, cha-ching. No offense. But when you're when you're when you don't have a job, you and uh, fuck you privilege. Like like that person has a lot to lose by admitting their privilege. They have they have their cat. They have their girlfriend. Right. They have their 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 DVR full of uh, uh, of, of of selected uh, on demands. I don't. I'm trying to reach out to the to the to the to the have-nots. I don't know what they do these days. Um, you've got your Mario Odyssey, and you, and you've got this idea that you're somehow a, a talented person or whatever, and then so then you come home from this theoretical day of 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 racing a chinese woman uh, like 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 to, to get writing jobs and judd apatow hires her and not you and you come home to your cat and your girlfriend and your mario and they go how was your day and you're like well I, I i i didn't get the job why not well because uh, i had a head start well, I, I mean, I'm not trying to. <laughs> that person's gonna. Get, like, I'm not tr- purposely trying to be flippant or aggressive about this, but I genuinely don't understand what your what what your point is. Like, I truly don't understand what you mean. Well, because you're asking the question, what do you have to lose by acknowledging privilege? And I'm I'm not suggesting that people don't do it. I'm. I'm I'm answering the question what you have to lose. No, I I know, and what I'm saying to you is I genuinely don't understand what you're trying to tell me because if you're already losing a contest yeah uh uh, admitting to yourself that you had it twice as easy feels bad really so i mean really what you're losing is just like your precious sense of self like you you lose you what you're losing is that you saw yourself as the hero of the story and somebody is telling you you're not the hero of the story that's what you're losing you don't think that's a valuable commodity when when, when you can't make rent i mean sure your precious sense of self is literally all you have i mean but that's also very first world (laughs) like i mean this this, in this scenario this guy fucking has mario odyssey you know what i mean (laughs) Come on. He's got a Nintendo Switch. Mario Odyssey just came out like two weeks ago and he fucking bought it. So he's not really strapped. Yeah. Well, if he was living under a bridge, he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't have an agent. He wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't. Yeah. So again, what I'm saying is this guy really, I mean, he doesn't really have it that bad. 
Right. No. Yeah. Well, well, wait. So what about the <laughs> in that where we're going with this like super hypothetical metaphor yeah. where it's like possible for a Chinese woman and a white guy to like race to get a job from John Apatow. I'm assuming like the Chinese woman also is going home to an odyssey of her own. She's not going home to a fucking like All right, and weird also- foreign movie with subtitles where she's like getting whipped with a <laughs> bamboo cane. Like they're both they both have final draft on their laptops. <laughs> I, I I'm just that that's the thing. I mean the, the the guy the guy that then on top of it comes home. I'm I'm just saying. Oh, I don't know how I got tricked into being the voice <laughs> the voice of the of the other. I was just saying like like it's that, that that's what you have to lose. I'm also following up by saying lose it. Yeah. Lose it. Lose your fucking precious precious sense of self. I am saying that. I'm saying, hey, fellow Han Solos, like it won't kill you. Like it it doesn't it it, it doesn't. It doesn't affect whether or not you get the next job. It doesn't like if you were you can simultaneously be an underdog and be privileged there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like 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 the, the that whole privilege admission thing, like even though it seems easier for me to admit it because I I just don't have anything to worry about. It's like think about it. If I didn't have anything to worry about, if I did have all, if I was <laughs> broke, it would still be fine. It wouldn't really affect anything. Maybe because it's just lip service. Yeah, I I, I want to leave you with um, something I heard about a very powerful showrunner who I will not name. Uh, uh, who said to uh, somebody, the, um, a friend of a friend, um, who was part of a writing team, and this person is, uh, I, this person is the, uh, was the minority of a writing team, and uh, and the showrunner said, "Oh, you're you're actually really funny. Usually with writing teams, there's the minority and the funny one." Hmm. Well, I mean, and you get, I mean, this is the shit you, this, and this is a real person who has had multiple shows under their belt, you know? Yeah, it's a person with Asperger's. It's a, it's a writer. It's, but a, I mean, it's a person but, but that doesn't know how to talk to people. But also, that's his belief. His belief is that in, in a writing team, there's, there's a minority who is only there because their partner is white and funnier in every instance. And this person right. is genuinely surprised when a minority is funny. Like that's the starting point with this guy. You yeah. Know? Well, there's so many variables to that story. That person is, that person could have been being ironic. That person may literally have only ever experienced that as the actual case. They may be revealing to that person in that moment that they worked with five comedy writing partners that all fit that configuration. Uh, but that, what kind of human being like, like has an experience with five pairs like that and then just is like oh i guess that means minorities aren't funny and white only white people are funny i will that, that i mean per- that's that person didn't say that that person said said usually yeah. with writing partners where there's a minority and a white person it's the the, the minority person is like so I, the, I, <laughs> the, the, I, do, do they mean like 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 you by usually do they mean like the other time that that happened or but the, no matter what like this is the person who's responsible for hiring people right, and right, giving right, people right, jobs right, right. and this is the person who is a showrunner who is responsible for shaping TV right. and that's what this person believes yeah yeah very you know? very 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 dumb fallible people that goes back to my other thing yeah doesn't take a lot of talent insight uh, IQ anything superhumanness like that is the other thing is like the, the people that are, that are rising to the top in the current system, they're not the best of the best. Yeah. Oh, no. And, I, you know, like, and also, here's the thing. You can be talented and also be a racist asshole. Like, the, the, they're not, like, mutually exclusive, too. They That's probably the don't thing. go hand in hand, but there's probably, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. It, you definitely don't have to be a good person to be really good at something. Yeah. That doesn't have to do with being a good person. Um, yeah, but you no, know, your point is, look, yeah, this system is not creating like, it's not because uh, TV writing isn't government. So it's not like it, you rise up to the top by uh, proving yourself to be uh, being an agency of, of fairness, You're, yeah, an, an agent and, of fairness. When, and when we're talking about like the spectrum of racism, like I guarantee you, that guy, if you hooked him up to a lie detector and asked him if he was racist, he would say no, and he would pass. Right, for sure. For sure. And yeah. so that's what we're dealing with, these shades of racism that we're dealing with, you know? And that, yeah, to my, yeah, and that's why, like, I think the spectrum, the part of the spectrum that I have been on for a long time is, like, the, like, 
doing nothing not thinking about it part and i that's and i think that's probably a huge part of the pie chart even though it's not the most dramatic it doesn't generate anecdotes about how racist somebody is what it does do is it creates like this i mean like yeah, we started this 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 podcast and this conversation with that 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 Dr. Wong conversation. It's like I shouldn't have taken that long to like re-examine the situation. But when I heard that there was beef about whether Dr. Wong, I had force fields going up all over the place. I'm like, oh, this sounds like some fucking bullshit racial shit. Like 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 people that don't. This isn't about comedy. This is about sensitivity. I don't want to fucking hear it. And so even though I didn't do anything actively wrong, I. It took me until the release of our podcast for me to be even like I was saying in that first episode, like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's and that is me not doing wrong, just not doing white. But but that was also you whiting your wong. (laughs) No, now I'm whiting my wong. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, did we go? How much? We we went only a couple minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, it thanks. got it got it got, it got it, not heated. Heated is dumb a dumb word. But we almost came to blows. <laughs> it was exciting though. I like I like I, 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 I liked hearing you fucking like 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 go go down the runway and get some get some airtime. And we got we got we got, we've had some emails, of course, that are mentioning like I'm fucking a domineering like I talk ninety percent of the time if I'm left to my own devices and all this stuff like. In particular, one fucking oh piece man, are we gonna get into this now? Fucking All right, we don't have enough. Page. We don't have no, 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 enough time to go into like, this. Yeah, we we hear your thoughts, and I, I I'm like thinking about that too, and I just I don't know. I was excited to I, I I even though this guy's like a huge giant piece of fucking human shit, like a lot of his messaging has to do with like letting you talk and stuff, and and like I and and I would like to I I I was I was glad to hear. I liked I liked your I liked your Patty Chayefsky monologue about <laughs> about the whole fucking gestalt of it, like and, and weaving it, weaving the whole thing in and stuff. Like it was it was it was nice. And now I'm undoing all of it by talking. To <laughs> well, you know, you gotta let a damn be a damn sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. Well, um, thanks for tuning in to Gow Unchained. Ne- <laughs> ne- next week's episode. We'll come on. We're just we're just making it up. Yeah, we. I think we've established by now that we just kind of wing it, and yeah. it's working. I thought. I thought. I thought we. I thought. I maybe we got somewhere. I don't know. Okay, now we're we just spent two minutes talking about whether or not we got somewhere. So let's end. It. Yeah. Well. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Eat a dick. <laughs> it's a good show. <laughs>